Welcome to the Why on Earth Community Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron William Perry, and this is our 133rd episode. I thought, given the special nature of this number, which I'll share with you a little later on in the episode, it would be a, an opportune time, perhaps even an auspicious time, to come at you directly and share a number of reflections and updates, having now published 132 episodes and uh, making this our 133rd. We've uh, had the opportunity to interview so many thoughtful and impactful authors and scientists, indigenous wisdom keepers, farmers, herbalists, executives, youth activists, and myriad others who are engaged one way or another in what we like to call the regeneration renaissance. I'll tell you a bit about how we've been framing the regeneration renaissance as well, as it really encompasses virtually all aspects of our human experience and doings on planet Earth in these momentous times. Got so many uh, new resources to share with you as well, and updates on a number of really exciting projects in development that will be rolling out in the coming weeks and months. So maybe to dive in, I'll, I'll share with you that uh, as you probably can tell by the, the background, if you're watching the video and, and perhaps here by the, the raindrops, if you're listening, that uh, it's a rainy day. And no, I'm not currently in the Pacific Northwest, although this kind of weather certainly takes me back to my early childhood and, and roots where I frolicked in the woods for hours in that incredibly lush and fertile part of the world. No, this is actually uh, Colorado, not too far from Elk Run Farm and the town of Lyons, the city of Boulder, and a little farther away, the larger city of Denver, just up in the foothills here. And we're having a unusually wet, rainy several days, which is most welcome for many of our farming and uh, gardening friends getting the soils the plants the starts freshly planted uh, a really good drink of mama gaia's nourishing waters and uh, a shout out speaking of elk run farm a, a big shout out to nick de dominico and marissa Pulowski who run the farm and run drylands agroecology research and they, in partnership with our friends, Audrey Wyckoff and others at the Yellow Barn Farm nearby, actually planted some 10,000 trees uh, in partnership with the One Tree Planted organization and several others converging hundreds of folks getting together to plant thousands of, of trees to help 
restore, regenerate the landscapes. And that's one of the three major pillars that we think about when we're doing our regeneration renaissance work. We've got the ecology, which includes agriculture, includes taking good care of soil and water and plants and trees, our environs. We've also got culture. And this, of course, includes how we interact with each other. And I'll be speaking a little more about that, sharing some of the insights and learnings I've had over the last several weeks and months with our podcast guests and other collaborating individuals and organizations. And in addition to culture, we also have economy. We have the machinery, the machinations, the design, the architecture, if you will, of our economic and financial systems. And when we're engaged deeply in this regeneration work, we come to understand that all three of those, ecology, culture, and economy, are, are so intimately interconnected, especially right now for our species in particular, having such a profound impact on the living biosphere of planet Earth and, of course, on one another. Or for better or worse, and in many cases, it's, it's worse than it could be. We'll speak to that a little bit as well. So I'm out here enjoying this beautiful rainy day, and I've been very thoughtful in preparation for this 133rd episode to share with you in a way that allows me to perhaps open up a little more than I often do when I'm interviewing another guest and share some of my not only thoughts, but feelings, and, and perhaps even some of the uh, more, more vulnerable aspects of, of some of the thoughts and feelings that, uh, that I've had as of late and, and have from time to time doing this kind of work. As I mentioned Nick and Marissa, I gotta mention too that we of course had two beautiful podcasts with them, one with each, the his and hers episodes uh, last fall at Elk Run Farm when the gardens were in full uh, bountiful bloom just before, a few weeks before in fact, we got our first uh, frosts and snows and knocked that back for the winter months. And of course now it's springtime and we've just come through the season of Beltane, the uh, eclipses that occurred and uh, recording this right around the time of Mother's Day. Uh, it's such a wonderful time to give thanks for the fertility, the fecundity, the abundance we experience on this planet, especially come springtime. Whether we're in the northern or the southern hemisphere, we have a springtime on an annual seasonal basis. And uh, in the northern hemisphere, it's spring right now. And just a great time to reflect and deepen into our awareness of our gratitude and even our love for the living planet we get to appreciate and enjoy and of course that gives us life. And I think gratitude and love are, are really at the core of all this work that we're doing. And I find that the cultivation of love and gratitude is fundamentally the task at hand, the work we have before us regardless of our other areas of inquiry and perhaps expertise and uh, endeavor, uh, regardless of whether we're working in the realm of technology or finance or farming, 
or herbal medicine or another holistic modality for healing or some other professional pursuit. We all, I believe, have the opportunity in all, all of this at this time to really deepen into our practices of cultivating on a daily basis this deep love and gratitude. And so with that, I'll glance at my notes from time to time and, and just make sure that I share with you the things that I wanted to share with this episode. And I brought a handful of books and some of the very special partner products that we have in our ecosystem of collaboration for you. And uh, maybe I'll, I'll start there and, and mention that we, we've now got such a beautiful partnership with Chelsea Green Publishing. And uh, they are a, a fabulous uh, boutique press working with a number of authors engaged in this regenerative work from farming and gardening to working with food and also around economics and culture. Uh, we just recently had the opportunity to interview Ben Raskin with his Woodchip Handbook and that episode will be coming out relatively soon so keep your eye out for that. That was just a wonderful discussion about how we can all incorporate wood chips into our gardening and farming efforts. Roy uh, Sabag's new book, The Natural Order of Money, is hot off the press from Chelsea Green. And by the way, you can get a 35% discount on all the Chelsea Green books and audiobooks through the whyonearth.org website, through the partners and supporters page. You'll see a number of our collaborating partners. You can click right through and, and go shopping at a great discount from our friends at Chelsea Green or just use the code YOE35 at chelseagreen.com uh, and you can get the books there. So yeah, this upcoming uh, chat with Roy about the natural order of money is gonna be wonderful. And we've also got uh, a chat coming up with Maria Rodale, uh, Love, Nature and Magic. And I'm really looking forward to this episode. It's such a joy to have begun reading her beautiful book. And of course, she comes from a family that's had tremendous impact in the organic and regenerative farming and land stewardship movement. Her grandfather apparently coined the term organic farming and her father, as I understand it, coined the term regenerative farming. And so this is a, a beautiful, beautiful work of, of love from Maria uh, sharing some of her insights with her very personal and intimate relationships with different plants in her garden. So that'll be a great one to share. And uh, we've also had the opportunity to interview uh, some other wonderful folks like Georgia Kelly, for instance, who runs an annual excursion to the Mondragon Cooperatives in the Basque region of Spain. And coming up in September is the next trip. There are still a couple of spots available. I'm planning to go. And the Mondragon Cooperatives, in case you're not aware, are one of the most important examples of what regenerative economics can look like at scale. Founded in the 1950s, uh, it has blossomed into an organization that includes something around 90,000 worker owner members. And as a conglomerate of different businesses, 
democratically and uh, worker-owned, democratically governed and worker-owned. They're now doing somewhere in the vicinity of $25 billion a year in sales and have a beautiful educational arm, a beautiful agriculture arm, land stewardship, climate response work is coming there, culinary school, all kinds of things. So really looking forward to sharing the episode with Georgia Kelly with you. And uh, if you want to join and, and have some time in September to make an excursion over to Europe, uh, or if you're already in Europe and, and want to meet up with us there, uh, get, get in touch and, and we'll save you a spot if there's one still available. We've also had the opportunity to interview Nisha Paulos, the new executive director of Regenerative Rising. And they're doing such important work all around the world, a women-led organization engaged deeply in this regenerative work. Really looking forward to sharing that episode with you as well. And similarly with Tom Chi, this is our second interview with Tom and he's got an update on his view into the near and midterm economic developments around the global regenerative movement, thinking in terms of three epochs that we're designing for and deploying both technology and heart-centered practices in order to achieve together. Really look forward to hearing from Tom. His organization, At One Ventures, has already deployed somewhere around $150 million in sustainability technologies. And they're nearly uh, closed on a second fund looking to deploy about twice that, $300 million. We also interviewed uh, Tue Inubake, one of the indigenous chiefs and wisdom keepers from Amazonia coming at us from the verdant jungles of that part of the world and sharing with us why it's so important for us to connect ourselves with the forests, the green living plants, and also why it's so important for us to engage even more profoundly in our stewardship, globally speaking, of the Amazon. It's such a critical and major ecological preserve of biodiversity that is providing life to our whole planet. And uh, really excited to share Two Ways interview with you as well. And uh, also, we're gonna be chatting soon with Matthew Fox, who uh, of course has written many books and uh, including several about Hildegard von Bingen. Um, I, I am so enjoying reading this one called A Saint for Our Times, Unleashing Her Power in the 21st Century. Uh, of course the term Viriditas, which is the name of my novel, uh, is a term that was coined by Hildegard von Bingen. And it means something along the lines of the green healing energy of the divine that flows through plants all across the biosphere. And I love reflecting on the abundance that comes to us from the solar radiance. Our sun is continuously streaming onto our planet Earth, something like 173,000 terawatts of energy. And our biosphere through photosynthesis essentially is harvesting a little over one percent of that inbound energy 
animating all of the life on this planet. Of course, there are some exceptions, uh, some different critters at the deep sea vents and elsewhere in subaqueous, subterranean environs that don't receive sunlight and aren't con connected directly to the photosynthetic uh, cycling of nutrients and energy. But by and large, virtually all of us living on Earth are alive thanks to the plants and their magical ability to transform sunlight into food. And as a celebration of our 133rd episode, I want to share the code with you, GRATIS, G-R-A-T-I-S. You can use the code to get any of our eBooks for free, including uh, Why on Earth, the nonfiction foundational tome explaining the uh, myriad strategies and opportunities we have in our own lives to enhance our health and wellness, our prosperity, our thriving for our selves, our homes, our families, and our neighborhoods and communities, while also uh, exploring in a very comprehensive manner the interconnected strategies we have for global stewardship, regeneration, and sustainability. And so Veriditas, Why on Earth, our children's books, our soil stewardship handbook, all of these are available to you for free if you'd like to download the ebook versions using that code GRATIS, G-R-A-T-I-S. And of course, Why on Earth is also available as an audiobook, and you can use the same code to get that if you'd like. Soon, we'll have Veriditas as an audiobook as well. And uh, our dear friend, my dear friend, Brigitte Mars, who's on our global advisory board, is just about finished reading the audiobook uh, for us. And uh, I think it's so fitting that she's the one reading it, in part because the protagonist is a super smart woman named Brigitte, Brigitte Sophia. And uh, such a joy to have Brigitte Mars reading it for us. And I want to give her a shout out as well as our entire board. And uh, Brigitte's on our global advisory board as are many other wonderful leaders, uh, including Bernard Amade, the founder of Engineers Without Borders, and John Perkins, the author of Confessions of an Economic Hitman, as well as Touching the Jaguar, and uh, many, many others. And a very special thanks, of course, to our executive board. That's Artem Nikolkov, Katie Ross Garces, and Brad Lidge. A huge shout out to all you guys for all you do for the Why on Earth community and the, the work that we're doing. So when we talk about the regeneration renaissance, you know, we can deepen into our understanding, not only our understanding, but also our action taking. We like to describe the Why on Earth community as an action-oriented educational nonprofit organization. So when we're work, working on the ecology pillar of the regeneration renaissance, the focus on water and soil and restoration and stewardship, and of course the detoxification of our environs is paramount, essential. And when we're focused on our economy, we have the opportunity to deepen in our understanding of how equity and fairness, stewardship versus exploitation, for example, the institutionalization of, of care and kindness is right at our fingertips with the strategies and structures and techniques that we and, and so many of our colleagues around the world are engaged in developing and deploying and scaling up. 
and we'll be talking more and more in the near term about the quintanary and how that function within our understanding of the economic value chains at work in our world will help us reorient and pivot our economic and financial activities toward a much kinder, gentler, life-supporting and human-supporting way of doing business together. On that note, I am so excited to share that we've got another book in the works. And this book is actually focused on very concrete, very practical strategies for regenerative finance, social enterprise, stewardship philanthropy, and eco-scene economics. And for this project, in addition to the recommendations and case studies that I'm putting together with the team, we also have a number of essays from contributing guest authors. And, and these are thought leaders and organizational leaders who have so much wisdom and insight to share with us as we're engaged in this great pivot together. So really excited to share that with you. Right now, the working title is The Biggest Deal. Uh, it's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek title that we explain in the introduction. And uh, assuming it publishes under that title, you can keep an eye out for that in the, in the coming months. You know, we've so far this year already hosted something like 15 events and participated in a handful of others. Uh, right at the beginning of January on the, what's called the Feast of the Epiphany in certain traditions is a time in the biodynamic tradition when we do a Three Kings preparation, biodynamic preparation stir ceremony for the land. And we did this out at Elk Run Farm. And this is when we stir in the frankincense and myrrh and trace gold to reaffirm our commitment of stewardship to the land where we're situated. You can do this on your own, whether you're in an apartment or a, perhaps a suburban uh, neighborhood setting or even a rural or agricultural setting. This is something you can weave into your practice as well. It's a beautiful way to reaffirm our commitment to the land for the upcoming annual cycle. And this is on January 6th, which is essentially a fortnight, two weeks after the winter solstice, the time when the sun is in that great returning cycle that's so important, literally and symbolically, to so many of our traditions worldwide. We now are hosting a monthly online meetup. This is our Regeneration Renaissance Roundtable, the first Sunday of each month. And we kick these off at 11.33 a.m. Colorado time, that's mountain time. And uh, the next one coming up is June 4th. If, if you want to join us, please do. You're most welcome. Uh, you can go to whyonearth.org live to pre-register. And that's an evergreen link that resets each month to the new Zoom registration link for you. So you need to register each month and, and can do so immediately for the, for the next uh, online meetup on June 4th, Sunday. We also, for our ambassadors, have the recordings of these meetups available in our ambassador resources section of the whyonearth.org website. We also have many recordings from different talks and workshops that we've given over the last several years available there also. So uh, a number of amazing resources for you. If you'd like to join our ambassador network and you haven't yet, you can just go to the 
become an ambassador page on the website and, and get the process started there. We were recently invited by the Wilson and Sonsini law firm to give a presentation articulating over 50 specific simple daily things we can do at our homes and our places of work in order to have a better, careful stewardship, regenerative oriented impact on the planet. And uh, that video is one that's also available. We're making that one available on the blog page for the general public. It's such an important resource. So you can go there and check that out. And on the blog page, you'll also see there's a recording from our four-part Regeneration Renaissance series that we gave in March. Uh, and this was the concluding evening, Regeneration of Economics. And that evening I gave a talk and we had Charles Eisenstein join as a guest and he gave a talk and the recording of those talks is also available on the blog page, available for everybody. So you can check that out. And uh, we're gonna have one more up for you there. Let me see if I can uh, get to it um, in my list here. Yeah, uh, this is the talk Tom Shi gave to his annual uh, general convention for his fund a talk he gave about the three coming epochs of economic development around regeneration and stewardship. And so uh, Tom gave us permission to share that with our network. And it's such an important articulation of where we're headed and what's possible. So we wanted to be sure to share that with you as well. One more video to mention, and this is our soon to be launched uh, Simple Gardening Wisdom video course. We've uh, produced this in partnership with Drylands Agroecology Research out at Elk Run Farm and Earth Coast Productions. We've been working on the filming, the scripting, and the post-production for many months now, something like six or seven months. And uh, this is such an important resource, providing very simple, easy to follow tips and tricks, recommendations for you to use in your own garden, your own yard, your own farm perhaps, to enhance your ability to produce wonderful food and herbal medicine and build soil uh, and steward the land for all the critters, including the pollinators, while you're enjoying your, your gardening practice. So uh, if uh, you'd like, we're actually offering that at a steep discount, $33 instead of the regularly priced $99 for that video course. You can get it right now if you'd want. And uh, it's on our store page on whyonearth.org. And, uh, you know, this isn't meant so much to be an infomercial as uh, an opportunity to pause and reflect and share that we've uh, put together so many resources for you guys. And, of course, have many more coming. But just, just to take notice of all that we've been able to accomplish and put together for you thus far. And really encourage you to take advantage of what we've made available. Of course, all of the podcast episodes are available for free. Um, streaming through the major uh, platforms and distribution channels like Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Castro, etc. And also on our website, you can see the videos as we record both video and audio. And you can go to our YouTube page for that as well. And I encourage you to like and subscribe uh, if, if you like the information because that definitely helps us reach more people the more that we get the likes and the subscriptions, obviously, as most of us are aware. So I'd like to pause and just uh, take a moment to reflect, have a little tea here. 
It's warm up. It's a bit chilly out with this beautiful rain. And, and I'm so grateful to be out here in the woods, out of the office, away from the buildings, able to really deepen into my connection and appreciation with the living natural world. And I so encourage you to deepen in that practice. I think perhaps more than anything else, along with the love and kindness is for us to respond to this invitation to deepen our intimate relationship with Mother Nature, Mama Gaia. The trees, the grasses, the shrubs, the flowers. And perhaps connecting and befriending a particular tree is something that you can do to deepen your practice. Connecting with a particular body of water, it could be a pond or a lake or a stream or a river or even the ocean herself. These intimate relationships are not only with afford us a, an insight into the supreme intelligence of nature, but also provide our own bodies and minds and spirits a form of nourishment that is very hard to come by in our cities, to be honest. And it's a form of nourishment that has a profound impact on our quality of life. One of the best things we can do to experience a richer, fuller, more joyful quality of life is, is frequently connect with nature, unplug and drop in. And if you like, you could even take a hike or a walk and perhaps sit and stay still in a particular spot for a while and observe what's going on with the insects, the critters, the plants, the soil, the birds, the air. Maybe you'll be blessed by butterflies and perhaps even some honeybees and other pollinators. I have become increasingly convinced through my own experience that this frequent direct connection with nature is is imperative it's essential and in veriditas one of the things that gets discussed in that exciting eco thriller story is the importance especially in these times of connecting with ai with the authentic intelligence of mama gaia of nature and uh, i'm convinced that not only is our connection with nature important for our well-being and our heart-centered ability to be good stewards, to care for the living world. It is also how we can access a particularly elegant and sophisticated and complex form of intelligence that is otherwise perhaps too elusive for us as humans to directly access in all of our constructed cities and environs and economics and goings-on in, in our rich human lives. So it's a deep invitation. And of course, one of my favorite terms, oikos, this Greek term that is the origin, the etymological root for our words, ecology and economy, point, point us in this direction of this relationship with the living world. And, and oikos means home. It's our home, planet Earth, our home. And implicit in this term oikos, meaning home, is also the concept of community. 
In ancient Greece, we would have referred to our dwelling as our oikos, and we would have also referred to the front room where we would receive guests and neighbors as the oikos of the home, the oikos of the oikos. And so in this term is implicit a notion of community and connection and relationship. And as we're going forward in the healing of our ecological relationships and our economic relationships and behaviors, uh, an awareness of this term oikos is gonna help light our path for us. Of course, the term humus, meaning soil, is another of my faves, and it is connected etymologically to the words humor and humility and human, even. So as we deepen into our understanding of our traditions, we come to understand that our human connection with soil is, is absolutely fundamental. It's in many of our creation stories. And when we're interacting physically with the living microbiome of the soil, that has an effect on our own neurobiochemistry. And we know that we experience enhanced immune system function. We experience elevated moods through enhanced serotonin production and even enhanced cognitive performance when we're on the regular in physical contact with the living soil. It can be through our bare hands, gardening, planting, flowers and herbs and vegetables. It can also be through our feet, walking barefoot around the soils, around the land. And all of that has this profound nourishment for us to access regularly. Another of my favorites is the term wele or well. This Middle English term uh, means well-being. And, and it's the same root that we get the word wealth from. So as we're exploring in our economic work, this regenerative renaissance is very much about reclaiming and redefining what we mean by wealth. Deep, true, sustained wealth, I would humbly posit for you, is one rooted in relationship, in community, in our own well-being practices and our stewardship and regenerative work in our locations and worldwide. So there's Wele. Such a joy to share all of this with you. And you know, one, one of the things, and I think I'll share here in a few minutes why 133 is such a special number for me and, and so many of my friends and colleagues, our friends and colleagues. But uh, it's such a beautiful opportunity to be connected with so many thought leaders and farmers and gardeners and herbalists and indigenous wisdom keepers and others working on this regenerative movement. And I'm struck having now interviewed so many experts that one thing's crystal clear, and that is none of us has all the answers. Many of us have a lot of important knowledge and wisdom to share, no doubt about it. Many of us have deep expertise to share. And, and we have the opportunity to learn so much from one another doing this work. But it has struck me that not one of us, at least nobody I've met yet, has all of the answers. And if you, you know somebody who has all of the answers, please put me in touch. I'd love to interview her or him. Uh, but uh, my sense is that the, the intelligence that we need 
the ethos, the ethic that we need to cultivate and scale and deploy in this regenerative movement is distributed, dispersed like a neuronal network, like the mycelial networks of the forest soils connecting the trees and the plants so that it's not residing all in one node, in one point. It is dispersed and distributed throughout the community. And that is part of the intelligent design of nature. That is part of the resilience built into the incredible fabric of the living biosphere. And it's part of how we get to understand and appreciate and learn from this incredible richness of insight and wisdom and knowledge among and between so many of our colleagues and friends and collaborators. The other thing that's clear to me is that we're all in this together. That we're in a process of transitioning, being invited to evolve beyond a way of living on the planet that has winners and losers into a into a way of being that has us understanding deeply that for any of us to win, it requires all of us to win, or at least that we're working from a place of enabling and supporting all of us winning. We're all in this together. And uh, as we raise each other up, as we lift each other up, we are all uplifted. So I invite you to deepen into the practice of uplifting each other, whether it's in line at, say, the grocery store or somewhere else, perhaps even in rush hour traffic, if that's part of your experience, or just in an encounter with a random stranger or a close friend or uh, an acquaintance from the community. Think about the ways we have, the moments we have the opportunity to uplift each other and in so doing, uplift ourselves, uplift all of us. And it's my deep belief that uh, we're living in a time where we get to scale that in a tremendous manner together. So Psalm 133. Uh, this is part of the reason the number 133 is so important to me and so many of our friends and colleagues. It comes to us through the Judeo-Christian and even Islamic traditions. You may not be aware of this, but the Judeo-Christian Islamic traditions, the Abrahamic traditions, all look to the Psalms, the revelation of David, uh, the revelation to David as having very sacred scripture for us to engage with if we so choose. And of course, we're connected to many different traditions, indigenous traditions, traditions of the East and Hinduism and Buddhism and Taoism and Zen and others. And in the Judeo-Christian Islamic tradition in particular, the Psalms have such beautiful poetry for us to connect with. And Psalm 133 in particular is about celebrating community. It goes something like this. Oh, by the way, I should mention there's a reference to somebody called Aaron in this psalm. And that's Aaron uh, from the biblical uh, stories, Aaron, Moses' brother, Aaron, not me. Uh, it's Aaron from the time who had apparently a very long beard. 
and uh, I think it'll be clear when you hear the psalm why uh, his having a long beard might be important. And you'll, you'll hear about the referencing to an oil, like an anointing oil, an oil of joy that is so super abundant. And it's a metaphor. It's, it's, it's a way of describing the incredible joy we get to experience washing over us as we cultivate community and love and kindness together. The psalm goes like this. Behold, how good and how pleasant it is when people, sisters and brothers, dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down all the way to the skirts of his garments. As the dew of Hermon and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life forevermore. I love that psalm and the oil of joy, the abundance uh, that it e invokes and evokes for us in our cultivation of our human connections and our connections with the natural living world is such a beautiful poetic gift. I hope you enjoyed hearing that. And I, I was struck doing a little research just to make sure that I understood the Islamic view on the Psalms. I, I learned that uh, in the Islamic tradition, the Quran, of course, is considered to have been revealed to Muhammad, the great prophet. Uh, and there are three other revelations that came before that that are considered sacred as well to Muslims. One is the revelation of the Torah to Moses, of course, and Moses with his brother Aaron shared that out with the people that way. Uh, the Psalms revealed to David, as I mentioned in the Gospels, to Yeshua, the, the great teacher, uh, Jesus Christ. And uh, it's beautiful to have now a better awareness of how the Islamic faith views those four great revelations for our world. Ah, and yeah, just such a wonderful time to reflect on the seasonal cycles here, just passing the time of Beltane, the cross quarter of spring, which is halfway between the spring equinox and the summer solstice. And of course, we earlier before the spring equinox celebrated Imbolc, that time of the belly when so much is happening in the soil and the ewes are pregnant with the lambs soon to be born as are many of the other uh, ruminant mammals and uh, grass-eating mammals and it's it's such a joy to tune into these seasonal cycles that we're participating in whether we're aware of it or not I think it's it's probably one of the ways we can deepen in our connection with the living world as well as by cultivating our greater awareness of the seasonal cycles, the lunar cycles, etc. And of course, the biodynamic farming, gardening, and land stewardship tradition invites us to be very aware of these cycles. <clears throat> Take a quick sip here of my Purium Superfoods which I enjoy every day and I'm so happy we have this partnership with Purium.
Organic Superfoods. It's a conscious network marketing business model, one of the many different business models we see out there contributing to the regeneration and stewardship of the world while also uplifting people. If you're interested in getting some of the Purium products, you can go right to whyonearth.org and click through on the Purium link on our partners and supporters page and Purium sharing a $50 discount on your first order. So be sure to take advantage of that or 25% off if you order uh, enough that it would be greater than $50. Um, I enjoy their superfoods every day. It's become a part of my daily practice for health and wellness. And uh, whether out backpacking, hiking, traveling, the powdered superfoods are so easy to carry around and rehydrate with beautiful water wherever we might be. So a nice shout out to Purium. And want to give also a shout out to our friends at Earth Hero. They're uh, offering hundreds and thousands of wonderful products for our homes, our offices, and our lifestyles. Uh, sustainable products like, uh, for example, the traveling bamboo uh, utensils that we can take with us, keep in our car, take with us when we're traveling so that we don't have to use the single-use throwaway plastic utensils that are still, you know, rather pervasive. And uh, they've got all kinds of other wonderful products, cleaning products, uh, products for play and recreation, products for the pets, the animals. So be sure to check out Earth Hero. And again, you can get to them through the uh, partners and supporters page on whyonearth.org. And I wanna be sure to make a, a, a big shout out to all of our ambassadors who are engaged in our projects, engaged in this work worldwide and if you're not yet an ambassador and you'd like to become one just go to the uh, become an ambassador page on the website and, and get the process going we invite our ambassadors to donate on a monthly basis any amount that that you're able and uh, even if you're not an ambassador and you'd like to donate you can go to the donate page on the wide earth site and set that up any level that works for you is super helpful to all that we're doing, supporting the podcast series and all of the other work that we're doing and resources that we're offering. Of course, for those who choose to give at the $33 or above level each month are going to receive a shipment of the Waylay Waters soaking salts as a thank you. We've got eucalyptus, we've got orange cream, which is kind of like a creamsicle, orange and vanilla, throwback to childhood. And these are for soaking in the tub. These are made with biodynamically and regeneratively grown hemp infused uh, and aromatherapy and essential oils uh, salts. Uh, it's magnesium sulfate, Epsom salt, that can be used actually to fertilize your plants and garden them when you're done soaking. We got rosemary and pine. The Moontime blend right here is particularly formulated for women uh, in their menses cycle. Uh, geranium and neroli have some nice relieving uh, attributes. The aromas of all of them are wonderful. I use all of them myself. And there are others, I brought those four to share, but uh, Waylay Waters is a little social enterprise we stood up a while back. I make these by hand for you. 
And I make these in a ceremonial manner, infused with a sense of love and joy and healing energy to bring you relief. Maybe you've got an aching back or aching joints or perhaps have trouble sleeping or just need to de-stress, decompress. Soaking with a, a waylay bath is such a wonderful way to get all of those benefits. And I do a slow, low heat infusion of the hemp flower in organic and regeneratively grown coconut oil. So we get all of the full spectrum uh, phytonutrient benefits from that miraculous plant. And if you're interested in that miraculous plant, we did a special podcast episode with Brigitte Mars, the second one we did with her. You can check that out. It's a really fun exploration of the meaning of the hemp plant and its potential role uh, throughout history. So these waylay jars, each one is enough for two baths. You get two soaks out of that. So it's a great way to bring your health and well-being practice home with you. We, of course, many of us are familiar with the uh, farm to table movement, wonderful way to connect with local and organic, nutrient dense, fresh foods. Well, we like to call waylay waters farm to tub. Uh, so this is a great way to take care of yourself, relax, while also supporting some of the farms we work with here in Colorado and supporting the Why on Earth community. And and want to mention too, Soil Works. This is another that I make lovingly by hand for you. This jar has a super potent blend of biodynamic preparations and other special uh, constituent ingredients. Oh, that smell of the soil is so delicious, and, and I love it. Uh, not for eating or drinking, but this is for your garden, your farm, your house plants, your yard. And uh, yeah, Soil Works, uh, you can get on the website as well. Uh, another great way to contribute to the soil building in your landscape and the vitality and nutrient density of your vegetables, your herbs, your fruit trees, etc. Just taking a glance around, I lastly want to be sure to give a shout out to our friends at Dr. Bronner's and uh, their new chocolate is so good. I'm going to actually enjoy some right now uh, in this beautiful rain and uh, tell you that uh, we have done several podcast episodes with Dr. Bronner's, four of them so far, I think, with different uh, folks from the Dr. Bronner's uh, organization, the leadership. Um, Gero Lezon uh, wrote a book called Trust Thy Label, all about the Dr. Bronner story. Of course, many of you know Dr. Bronner for the soaps. Organic, regenerative, biodegradable soaps. Well, now they're making amazing chocolates. And we did an episode with Mike Bronner, the president of Dr. Bronner's, the grandson of founder Emmanuel Bronner. And uh, in that episode, we talk all about the way they went about putting together an amazing line of chocolates for us, working with regenerative farms and communities all around the world, growing the ingredients. Another great way for us to enjoy health and wellness while supporting uh, supply chains and businesses that are doing such profound stewardship, regeneration, and sustainability work all around the world. Yeah, check out that episode with Mike Bronner if you're interested, and by the way, as I've mentioned in many of the last recent episodes, after we interview our guests, we also now do a short behind the scenes segment that we share 
with our ambassadors. That's in our ambassador resources page again. You need the password to access those resources. And, and when you become an ambassador, I'll share that with you. But uh, yeah, that episode with Mike was so great and uh, encourage you to become an ambassador and check out those additional resources that we've made available for you. I'm uh, thankfully uh, getting toward the end of my list here to share with you. I, I just have a few other projects I wanna mention that we're currently working on in case you'd like to get involved. We're inviting a few special volunteers to help out with these projects. If it's of interest, just reach out, let us know, and we'll be in touch. And uh, just wanna take a moment also to articulate that a big part of our work at the Why on Earth community is, is about connection. It's about approaching our organizational structure and strategy like a neuronal network, like a mycelial network in the ecosystem, helping connect more and more people and communities and organizations together so that we can learn from each other and share resources with each other and support and encourage each other. That's a big set of the themes that we focus on in our monthly online meetups. And in addition to connecting, we can collaborate together, obviously, and these projects I'm gonna share are an opportunity for that. And as we're sharing information with each other, of course, it's so important that we're also sharing inspiration with each other. And where I sit, uh, getting to interview so many wonderful leaders and getting to connect with so many wonderful communities and organizations, I, I am absolutely struck by this rising tide, this emerging, growing evolution of folks all around the world engaged in stewardship, kindness, and regeneration. And so the inspiration that comes through, the hopefulness that comes through as we become more and more aware that there are so many of us doing such great work and that that is in the process of transforming our global systems, government and economic and otherwise, so that we can create a world for ourselves and for future generations that is profoundly grounded, rooted in kindness and love and stewardship and regeneration together. And to that end, we've got a few wonderful projects that if you're interested, reach out, let me know, and we can talk about you potentially helping out one is the book I mentioned on regenerative finance, uh, social enterprise, stewardship, philanthropy, and ecocene economics. If that's in your wheelhouse up your alley, give me a holler. We, we've got some research and some outreach we need to do for this project. Secondly, we're putting together a hub, an interactive digital platform hub with an interactive mapping tool and listing of holistic healers, and herbal medicine resources and practitioners to help us all better connect to the folks who have learned the modalities to share to heal, heal mind, body, and spirit, and also the farmers and apothecaries working with herbal medicines and the practitioners who can help guide us around our herbal medicine practices and, and journeys. So if that's of interest to you, please reach out. We'd love to explore having you help out with both the research and the outreach for our Holistic Healers and Herbal Resources Hub. 
And third, we're also working on a resource for neighborhoods to move in the direction of stewardship, regeneration, permaculture, composting, not putting poisons into the landscapes, instead cultivating pollinator gardens, food gardens, herbal medicine gardens. And many of our neighborhoods, of course, are governed by HOAs, homeowners associations. Apparently over 50% of owner-occupied homes in the United States are fall under into that category of, as having homeowners associations. And many of those are still kind of in the old way of thinking about what prosperity looks like. And it's more of a superficial, you know, is, is the lawn uh, neatly manicured and all green with no dandelions, for example. And more of these HOAs are already transitioning toward a deeper health oriented understanding that says, hey, we need those dandelions to help the early season pollinators after the frosts and the snows melt. And the last thing we should do is poison them. The last thing we should do is poison our yards and neighborhoods. You know, we're wondering why our pets are getting sick, why our loved ones are getting sick. And part of it is related to these uh, terrible poisons that we're spraying and that we've got in our food and in our water. And we've got a huge cleanup job ahead of us and one of the resources we're working on in order to help mobilize and scale this up is a neighborhood and homeowners association handbook and if that's of interest reach out let let us know and we'll see if there's a good fit for you to help us uh, with that project we're also working on a big uh, consortium platform project with a whole bunch of organizations developing a very robust uh, digital tool that uh, can help all kinds of connectivity across economy, culture, and ecology worldwide. And if that's of interest, give me a holler. That one's very uh, exciting, and we're keeping some of the details quiet right now as we're developing the consortium of collaborating organizations and individuals. And uh, reach out if it's of interest. We can explore uh, bringing you into the fold with the founding team for that project. It's potentially one of those major game changers. And certainly that's the spirit with which we're approaching it uh, from a standpoint of stewardship of deploying the regenerative financial and economic structural and strategic um, opportunities we have with that design. And with respect to the technology itself, the way we're approaching that is uh, really inspiring and exciting to not only enhance our connectivity worldwide, but also to enhance our community connections and our nature connections and actually funny enough ironically unplugging from our technology more and getting out to nature more and connecting with people in person more so i think that's my summary for our 133rd episode thank you so much for tuning in to the why on earth community podcast it is such a joy to bring this to you, this resource. When we started this, Artem Nikolkov and I thought, hey, we, we know some great folks. We ought to start filming and, and getting some conversations recorded to help share their knowledge with others. And when we when we launched it, we didn't even really have the thought, maybe Artem did, I, I didn't, that we were launching a podcast series. But lo and behold, as we did the first few episodes, it became clear, hey, you know, we, we could be doing more of this and, and we're connected to so many people that have so much important knowledge and wisdom and insight to share 
uh, that that's one of the ways we can be in service. And it's with that spirit that uh, we're continuing to produce these episodes for you. We really appreciate your support, your financial support for the series and for the rest of the work we're doing at the Why on Earth community. Please make a donation at whyonearth.org. Please sign up for a monthly donation at whatever level works well for you. If you'd like to make a substantial donation and join our stewardship circle, reach out, let me know. I'd be very happy to connect and talk with you and share some of our annual reports and other uh, strategic plans and vision documents with you. And with all of this, it's with a spirit of humility and gratitude, joy and love and kindness that I am so happy to take some time to visit with you. And, and I'm just overjoyed that all the pitter patter of the rain is here with us and the trees and the ground are soaked with this life-giving water. This water, we're water, we're all water. All of us alive are made of water. The water holds the memory. The water holds some of the sacred patterning and geometry that's so important. Speaking of geometry and speaking of numbers like 133, I was struck that 133 we can get to by four sets of 33 plus one. So you can think of it as the four directions, 33 in each direction, and then an additional one in the middle. And of course, 33 has such import. And if you want to dive deeper into the sacred geometry and some of the more esoteric aspects of this work, connect with us around the Veriditas Society and some of the recordings that we've done in the last few months available at the Ambassador Resources. Love to share that more with you. I invite you to close your eyes and unless you're driving, of course, if you're in a safe spot, just close your eyes and perhaps put your feet on the ground and take a deep breath. If you'd like, feel the gratitude, the joy to be alive, to have the opportunity to just do such beautiful work together. Thank you for all that you're doing. Thank you for supporting our work, the Why on Earth community. Thank you for cultivating, choosing to cultivate more love and joy and kindness in your life. Aho. See you soon. Bye-bye. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. You can get discounts on their products and services using the code WhyOnEarth, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.